Hey everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and what does Mickey Mouse have to do with survival training? Well, actually quite a bit, and I've got a personal story I want to share with you that's going to tell you why and what you can do with the information. Check this out. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, okay, welcome back everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance. And lately we've been getting a lot of great exposure and a lot of great compliments actually on our social media channel, on Facebook, on our video channel, on our blog, and just in emails that I've been getting. And people really value the no BS approach that we take toward survival training. Now, if you go out on the internet, I'm sure you probably peruse a lot of different blogs or listen to other podcasts that are out there. And if you are experienced at all, you probably do the same thing I do. You kind of shake your head at a lot of the advice that's given out there that really is just kind of either regurgitated from The Walking Dead or it's it's really just put out by people who have never actually had to experience extreme conditions, a collapse-like environment, or any sort of even natural disaster. And it's really based upon a lot of theory. However, a lot of this information, as you hear me talk about it a lot, can really help you kind of stray away from what you really should be doing. In fact, in some cases, it could even get you killed if you followed a lot of these tips. And so we've always strived to really, whether we're bringing in experts into our network or whether it's information that I write about, really use real-world experience and help separate that fantasy from the fact of, of what you really need to do to prepare. So everything that I write about is based upon either my military training uh, with a decade in the military or com- my combat experience or the natural disaster experience that I've had both during and after natural disasters and the outcome of what it can do to an area, what it can do to people after that type of a, a scenario. I've seen cities that have been in a state of collapse that have lost their infrastructure. I've seen riots. I've seen these things. And I'm not saying this to try and impress you. I'm just trying to point out to you that the information that's out there, you really have to take with a grain of salt. And really what you're trying to do is just learn from the people that have been there, done that, made the mistakes, in some cases even lost lives and of, of friends, and learn the hard way about what it really takes to survive. And that's really what we always strive to do, is give you the things that really will work. Well, recently I was talking with a friend of mine from 10th Mountain Division, which was my my old unit in the military. Um, It's a light infantry unit. It's a rapid deployment force unit. And I've stayed in touch with a lot of my friends from the 10th Mountain Division because we were a cohort unit, which means that we went to basic together, we trained together. We were together for uh, about three and a half years. And during that time, we really learned to, uh, you know, it was, it was a, an experimental unit for the, for the military. So 
we were experimental in that we stayed together for that whole time. So you get to live, you live together, you sleep together, you, you know how each other trains, you know how they, you have to fight together. So it was really meant to bring cohesion to the unit and see what that does instead of just slapping soldiers in and out of units and sending them all over the place. And really, you don't always get a chance to, to know how each other fights. So that was one element of the experiment that the military did. But the other thing was we were an experimental unit with gear as well. So we were, uh, I was, my unit was actually the first unit in the 10th Mountain Division once they reactivated it. It used to be a, a special ops unit essentially from World War II and it reactivated at Fort Drum, New York. Uh, I'm sorry, Fort, yeah, Fort Drum in upstate New York. And so we were, one of our roles was to test out gear before it was actually used across the military to either give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And so that was what one of the things that my unit did. So I was talking with a, a friend of mine from 10th Mountain Division. We were sharing stories, laughing and, and talking about the good times that we had as well as the sucky times that we had. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be great um, if I could really share some personal stories with you and some experiences that not only I think you'll find entertaining in, in just giving you some more personal perspective on my life and what and what things that I've done, but also share the critical lessons in them to help you be better prepared in your survival training. Okay. And so the first, so actually I came up with about six stories that I want to share with you and the lessons that go with them. And I want to start that right now by talking about Mickey Mouse. So again, what does Mickey Mouse have to do with survival? Well, as I said, my unit was an experimental unit, right? So when we got to Fort Drum, now I can tell you, if you if you look at a map and you see where Fort Drum is on the map, we're right off the Great Lakes, which is which gets a lot of uh, a lot of wind, a lot of we call it lake effect snow. We basically get dumped on with snow, and there were literally times where Fort Drum, New York, was the coldest spot on the planet. Not in the United States. I'm talking about the planet. It gets that cold there. And so we did a lot of experimental work with extreme cold weather gear as well. So that was one of the things we would do is we would literally just go out into the woods and we would test out gear for a week and just see how it really holds up to the rigors of our training and also the elements that are out there. Well, one of our first assignments when we got out there was to try out these new tents that we had and we were also doing some training throughout the week. We were getting some instruction in some different military tasks. And so when we were out there, it was January. We were all out in the woods, and we we did some training during the day. And then at the very first night that we were out there, it turns out that there was a storm that just rapidly moved in. It was a cold snap that came in with very little warning. And it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. We were inside of these brand new military tents, these experimental tents, inside of our new experimental sleeping bags, nice and snugly warm. And about two o'clock in the morning, my sergeant, Sergeant Kendall Brown, comes over and he's shaking my tent. Anderson, Anderson, get your ass out of the rack. Get in the five ton. We've got a storm coming in. You've got to get back to the barracks. We're going to go grab our Mickey Mouse boots. Now, for those of you that have been in the military, you probably know what Mickey Mouse boots are. And if you've ever seen Mickey Mouse and looked at his shoes, he's got these giant big white shoes on, right? Well, that's where we got the name for our Mickey Mouse boots because they're these giant extreme cold weather boots 
that are made out of rubber and they've got a foam insulation core to, to them in between the rubber. They're very weird looking boots. They're very weird feeling boots, but we were in upstate New York and we got issued those boots. The only thing is they're so giant and bulky and because we walk everywhere in light infantry that nobody really wanted to bring them because we could pretty much get by with some really good wool socks and our regular boots. Well, 2 o'clock in the morning, nobody wanted to get out of our sleeping bags to go back to the barracks to grab our Mickey Mouse boots because the storm was coming in. And it's the military. You don't just, like, pick up and leave because it's cold and go back to the barracks and say, oh, well, we'll train when it gets warmer outside. No. However, well, and I can tell you, I did not want to get out of my nice, warm, toasty sleeping bag. And neither did anybody else. But... Not everybody else had Sergeant Brown for their sergeant. Sergeant Brown would never let me get away with that. So there was no kind of holding off and, and, and just, you know, seeing if maybe they forgot me and just let me go back to sleep. I had to get out, but I was only about fifth, I was only one of about 15 soldiers that got out, of, actually got out of the sleeping bag and went back to the barracks, grabbed my Mickey Mouse boots, got back into the five ton, vehicle was brought back out to the field and managed to get a little bit more sleep in before we had to get up for the rest of the day. Now, the cold snap came through, and I can tell you it was bitterly cold, freezing. So we're all out there for instruction for the day. There are 15 soldiers out there with these giant, bulbous, ugly Mickey Mouse boots on, and everybody else who didn't feel like getting out of their nice, warm, toasty sleeping bag was standing there in their regular black army boots doing the frostbite dance. Now, the frostbite dance is where you are so cold that you're standing there in one place, freezing, and you're just go rocking from left to right, just hitting your boots together. Rocking from left and right, just slowly hitting your right boot, then your left boot, then your right boot, then your left boot, just trying to keep some sort of warm-ish blood circulating down to your toes so you can keep them on your feet. Well, those of us that went out and got our Mickey Mouse boots were nice and toasty warm. No frostbite dance, no having to tap our, our feet together to keep, keep the insulation going. Those boots are made for extreme cold weather, and they work. So my feet were nice and toasty warm, and I was very thankful that I got out of my nice and toasty warm sleeping bag to go get them because the rest of the time I was there, my feet were nice and warm. So, what is the lesson in this for you? Well, actually, there's some pretty good takeaways from this. So, lesson number one is that I can tell you that in the military, there is, you know, especially if you've got Sergeant Kendall Brown as your, as your, as your, as your sergeant, you don't, you don't have options all the time. So, I knew for me, there was no going back to sleep. And in, the, our, in, in our unit, we were a hardcore unit. There was no going back to the barracks because it was too cold out to be able to train. In the military, in combat, you don't have that option either, right? You don't say, well, you know what, it's too cold to go. And we're going to wait till we're nice and comfy, cozy before we go attack the enemy. No. In fact, you want those kind of conditions when you attack an enemy because the, the, the weakest of the enemy are not going to be prepared for your attack. That's why it, we always hoped for it was it was either raining or we'd always attack pre-dawn, so it was still dark outside, but it was it was that hazy 
kind of uh, darkness where it was just starting to get light. But at that time, everything turns really, you know, it gets really hard to see. It's kind of very hazy and gray, and, and it's just very hard to see. Well, those are the best conditions to be able to attack under because if things are really cold or if it's really miserable outside, the enemy is going to be huddled up. If they're not expecting attack, they're just trying to stay warm or they're just trying to stay dry, but they're not paying attention to what's out there. And then you've got the element of surprise going for you, right? So in the military, we get used to the fact that you don't have a choice. It's cold, too bad. It's raining. Guess what? You're going to get wet. But most people in our society are nice. Are, they're, they're just too conditioned to be comfortable. They don't know what it's like to actually be uncomfortable. And when they are put in a position where they are uncomfortable, then they don't react, they don't do well with it. They don't make good decisions with it. And it forces them to actually put themselves in more danger. And I'll give you an example. Basically, if you were to, if let's say we are, we are in a collapse like environment and you've heard me talk about the real no bet, no be, in fact, I write in my book, Survival Gear Secrets, that there are five there might be more, but there are five legitimate, no BS ways that we could experience a nationwide collapse that could literally change life as we know it overnight. So if any one of those five triggers were to happen, then it's going to put people in a tailspin. As we say, it only takes three days to go from calm to chaos. So that's going to force a lot of people out of these cozy areas, right? So normal, average, everyday Joe citizen they might see that there's chaos happening. They might see that there are criminals that are roaming the streets. They might see that there's protests, that there's looting. All of these things that happen in, when infrastructure goes down, well, now they're going to push out. And that's, isn't that what we worry about? Those of us that maybe have a safe retreat planned that is more remote, that's away from the urban areas, well, I hear a lot of preppers out there say, well, people are going to flood out there. The Golden Horde's going to come out. It's going, they're going to go out and try and survive in the wilderness and they're going to, you know, they're going to go away from the cities. Well, the fact is, is that it really sucks being out in the elements. Now I'm inoculated to it pretty much because I've been forced to be in really sucky conditions in the military countless times. So there's really nothing to it but to do it. You just you just have to live through it. And so it inoculates you against really, un, you know, having in fact, you, you seek it out sometimes because, again, those are the best conditions to attack under. Right. But think about that first night out when somebody is especially if they have a family, the kids are wet and cold. You're trying to get them some sleep, but your teeth are chattering the whole night. You don't have that, the, the, the proper shelter, the proper gear, the proper supplies. You're hungry. You don't know how to get food. That lasts for about one night. What happens at that point is that people will willingly give themselves up to go back into a FEMA camp or a Red Cross camp, any place where they can find comfort, where they can, where they can find supplies, where they can, when they can be taken care of. And that's going to push them back in there pretty quickly. So you're going to see, I believe, people pretty much staying in urban areas or wherever there's support set up from the, from the government, and they're going to stay dependent. So the dependent will stay dependent and not know how to deal with it. So for you, that means that we need to maintain our self-reliance. The time to prepare is now. And 
be don't be too worried about the other people coming out of like the urban areas because I don't I don't think they're going to be able to make it under a lot of these conditions. Okay. Lesson number two, you want to analyze your specific needs and plan for the worst case scenario. So this is really going to be dependent upon where you live and the conditions that you have around you. So I live in Texas. We don't have a lot of water around here. When I was stationed in upstate New York or when I lived in upstate New York, then the gear that I would have, or if you live anywhere near the the, the north where you have uh, uh, very cold conditions, perhaps snow, well, Mickey Mouse boots are, are great extreme weather gear that you should have with you. And you can get these from military surplus stores, especially if you live around a base anywhere. You'll find them in, in uh, military surplus stores. You can get them online as well. But these things, when we, we talk about preparing for the worst, this is what you want to do. Having those boots available can literally mean saving your toes and helping you be able to walk to safety if you have to be out there in extreme conditions or even if you're just out getting food or whatever it might be. Being able to keep your toes is a pretty critical task. I think you would agree, right? Well, depending upon where you, where else you live, you want to look at your conditions. So when I was stationed in Panama or Honduras, if I were in areas like that, well, it rained a lot or we had a lot of swamps that we had to go through. We had uh, creeks that we had. There was a lot of water, right? So during that time we had, we were issued jungle boots. Jungle boots are mostly made out of canvas. They have some leather to them, but they also have these drain holes in them so that when you're going through a swamp and you come out of the swamp, the water drains out of them instead of creating aquariums inside of your boots that are going to cause your skin to rot, maybe get some sort of disease or something like that that's going to keep you from being able to to push on and be able to walk to your next objective. Okay, so if you live in a place like Florida where there are swamps and things like that, you're going to want to have foot gear just as an example for that. If you're in a lot of like a mosquito area, things like that, you're going to want mosquito netting. So you really need to analyze exactly where you're at and the specific gear and supplies that you're going to need for that. Okay, and then finally, the last the last lesson from this experience um, as I said, we don't we don't get a chance to say no, Sergeant Sergeant Brown. Um, you know what? I'm a little bit too warm. I don't really feel like getting in the back of the truck and going to get my Mickey Mouse boots. That's not an option, folks. Not an option. So, in the military, we have a we have a saying called "embrace the suck." Right? I'm sure you've probably heard that before from some other people. Embrace the suck. What I'm going to tell you to do is something a little bit different. I'm going to ask you to seek the suck. The same way that we were hoping for the rain or the cold or extreme conditions when we're getting ready to attack an objective because that meant that we could have a little bit more element of surprise. Frankly, those kind of conditions meant we had a better chance of living, of coming home to our families. So that's why we sought that kind of, that we were hoping for that kind of weather, those kinds of conditions. Now for you, if you if you've never been out there camping or been out in the elements under extreme conditions, you don't want the first time to be in a survival scenario where it literally can mean life or death. I don't worry about it now only because I've been in so many miserable conditions that it doesn't matter to me anymore. It's nothing new to me. I know how to mentally keep myself warm. I know how to use my mind to be able to overcome certain things. And that's that's what it's really about. It's about the mental toughness that you put into it that allows you to stay alive. 
Same thing with your family, okay? So what does seek the suck mean? Well, I did a really good interview for our Neural Patriot Alliance members with my friend Stu Smith, who is a former Navy SEAL. Uh, he has written several books on fitness and things like that. He was featured in a television show, I believe it was from the History Channel, where they basically put him through super extreme conditions, like staying inside of an ice tank for about an hour and doing infrared photography on his body so they could see how he used his mind to be able to keep himself warm. Well, I, I say warm, to keep himself alive, essentially, inside of this tank, but then also to perform additional tasks once he was pulled outside of the tank, including decision-making skills with a firearm and accuracy with a firearm. So I interviewed Stu exactly on how to do this and some of the, some of the tips that he gave people. It was a really amazing thing. And one of the things that he said there I thought was really amazing, which was, um, I call it seek the suck. But basically what he was saying was that you want to find things that you enjoy doing, but do them under uncomfortable conditions. And this is what helps you to become mentally familiar with being uncomfortable. So it's not new. So you learn ways to be able to deal with it now. So an example would be if you like to run. Okay, so I, I like to run. I still stay in, in good shape. I still exercise uh, five out of seven days out of the week. And so I like to go running. Uh, but while some runners might look outside, and if it's raining outside or if it's really cold outside, they might say, well, you know, it's not a good day for running. Or I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to get on the treadmill. And instead, I seek those days out. So it might not even be a day that I was going to go running, but if it's really cold outside and, you know, it does get cold in Texas, we get a little, like a tiny little dusting of snow every now and then, but it can get pretty cold. So now instead of saying, you know what, it's too cold to go running, what I do is I take my shirt off, I go out there and I actually go running and I'm cold. Now I'm not talking about I'm, I'm putting my life in jeopardy cold, but it is really cold and I might start off really trembling but I know how to mentally, you know, I've, I've figured out how to use my mind to stay warm. And then also just after a while, you realize how long it takes for your body to get warm under those conditions and what you need to do, which is to stay active under those conditions. Whereas somebody that's standing still might not be, you know, I found that out in the military. I realized that in the military too. If you were cold and you were out on a mission and you're standing there kind of huddled up, well, your body trembles to try and create create movement so that it gets your circulation going. That's why you tremble. It's trying you're, it's trying to warm you up by creating some activity there. But I just realized that hey, if you get down there and knock out 20, 30 push-ups real fast, it gets the blood going and circulates it all around your body, and you stay warm. And when you start to get cold again, you drop down, do some more push-ups. So. I've learned those things by being in those conditions and not being able to get out of them, not be able to 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 wave the, the white flag and surrender and go to someplace more comfortable. So I now seek out the suck in order to just make sure that I maintain that mental edge that I need to survive extreme conditions. So for you it might be something different. It might just it might be bicycling or even if it's just walking outside, whatever it is that you enjoy doing. Try to explore how you can do those under less than desirable conditions. And your family is going to be with you as well a lot of times, right? So 
Maybe it's just if you enjoy the outdoors, maybe you go camping and maybe you start out in just a like using a trailer or something like that. Or maybe you go you'll find a cabin somewhere that you can go camping in and you just you spend more time in the outdoors. You spend you know when when they get wet, you show them how to get dry. You you do different things like that to be able to teach the skills under okay conditions. And then maybe you go tent camping. And then maybe you go do something like just put up a lean-to or something or just go under the stars just on a good night. But you start to you start to get them more familiar with uncomfortable or less than comfortable situations that are going to help to inoculate them as well because you're only as, as strong as your weakest link in your chain, right? So all of those things are, are ways that you can seek out the suck and be able to start to condition yourself for extreme conditions. Okay. All right. So those are just three lessons from my Mickey Mouse boots story, but I've got five more coming up with you. We're going to knock these out over the next coming weeks here. Um, I hope that these are, you're going to enjoy these stories, but most of all, I hope that you're going to really get some important, critical and realistic and proven survival strategies out of them. So. Stay tuned for episode number two of the Military Survival Lessons. I got that coming up, but I want to hear from you as well. So your, I want to hear from your experiences, especially if you've been in the military, especially if you've been in any situation where you've had to experience extreme conditions and figure out how to survive in them. So make sure that you go to our blog over at moderncombatandsurvival.com. And in this episode, go ahead and leave a comment. Tell us your story. What were some of the conditions that you had to endure? And then how did you do it? What are some of the things that you learned either by making mistakes or by doing things right and finding out what really worked? I'd love to hear what you have to say. So go do it over at moderncombatandsurvival.com. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying, prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.